welcome to the Moon and You podcast. My name is Susan Hart. On this episode, I explore the relationship between the Capricorn new moon that has just passed and the full moon in Cancer. How do these two energies work and what can we do to incorporate these powerful signs for a fuller and richer life? I also talk about how the full moon might impact on the female menstrual cycle and spend some time on the subject of money. But first, as always, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land on which the podcast is being recorded, the Iwabakal people of the Iwabakal tribe. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to any First Nations or Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening. Always was and always will be the traditional custodians of this land. On the recent journal entry on the website, I spoke about the ocean, how the ocean terrifies me. I would often sit cross-legged on the sand in perfect guru style, looking at the waves swelling and breaking at my feet, and not move an inch. A peace like I have never known passes over me. The ocean is the one thing that both fills me with dread and wonderment all at the same time. Life can be like the ocean. One minute it's peaceful and you're lying on your back looking up at the sky and suddenly the water moves under you, your body is picked up, cradled by the salt water and dumped on the beach like driftwood. The best thing to do in that circumstance is to just shake off the sand and dive back in. The full moon in Cancer could be like taking a dip in the ocean and coming out with sand in your pants or in your crack. (laughs) Or it could be like being swept by an undulating wave of love held by salt as the currents gently bring you home to the shore. Either way, you'll find lessons that you need to learn. The full moon in Cancer, ruled by the moon herself, it is a powerful energy and when supported by the opposite sign of Capricorn can be a time of great healing. Capricorn faces the sign of Cancer during this full moon and provides a container in which we can hold our energetic emotions to see them in all their glory. I'm going to stop myself right there and bring into the conversation a woman who knows far more about astrological magic than I do. Ms. Kerry Harrigan. Hello, Sue. Hello, Kerry. Oh, look, happy new year, darling. It's oh. been so long since I've seen you. It has been yes, since the last been. full moon. Yes, it was. Last which... year. <laughs> it was too. Well, we're going to dive straight in. Mm-hmm. So I've been learning, as you know, I love listening and learning from you. So I have been learning a lot about working with the two signs at one time. Mm-hmm. So during, do you remember that during our mini podcast sessions last yes. year for our free financial course, we you often referred to the counter signs. If we were talking about Capricorn, you would always bring in Cancer. Or if you were talking about other star signs, you would bring in the counter. And that has fascinated me. My first question is around that. Mm-hmm. So for the month of January, there are two signs that work within the astrological events of the new moon and the full moon. And that is, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that was the new moon in Capricorn. Yeah, and it was, and now we're moving into the full moon in Cancer. So can you tell us the significance or the lessons to be learned when the sun is in Capricorn and the moon is in Cancer and how they sort of work uh, 
together. Okay. Well, the significance of the sun in Capricorn is it fully illuminates the moon in Cancer. And this is shining light on these two areas of your life. So for people who uh, go and create their own chart. And if I can say, Sue, I have a video that shows you how you can create your own chart and put in transits with astro.com and that's free. You will see where this is transiting in your chart and what house that's in, signifying what area of your life as an individual. But Capricorn is about our outer security using the creative and expressive energy of the sun to manifest results. Cancer is about our inner security of emotions and feelings, and the moon rules cancer, so we have a double whammy this this time. Therefore, the emotional energy is enhanced, and it magnifies things like sensitivities, vulnerability, and intuition, and ideally, nurturing and care. Further, you have a tension in this opposing phase of the full moon because you have you have Capricorn that's about ambition and discipline, maturity and responsibility, and it will have limits and boundaries on an emotional expression of cancer. It's like a push-pull. So as an example, you could have the enthusiasm and excitement of the sun in Capricorn wanting to take things further by being out into the world of others because you've done the work, you've been disciplined and mature, you did all the tasks diligently to get to this stage and did what you needed to do, and now it's time cannot do any more. Now it's time to release it out in the world. This can be supported by elevated emotions. And this is really important. And I shall mention this several more times during the podcast. But these elevated elevated emotions of excitement and enthusiasm to go ahead and take it into the world. Or your emotions can be those of being vulnerable, taking a risk, and the sensitivities may be so acute, it's just unthinkable. You're just not going to do it. So the sun fully illuminates the moon as they oppose each other. They are further apart in this phase than any other time. And here we let our intention from the new moon go as we move into the world of relating to others where we bring something to either a completion, a closure, a culmination, or we just let it go. In the full moon phase, we experience feedback from others and we can appreciate this and listen taking information on board or not at all. The key is knowing when to listen and when to act. So either way, emotions are triggered through both cancer, which is more obvious through this sign or through Capricorn, which it's under the surface because Capricorn is the authority. It's serious. It's the more serious one. You know, you you do your work, you don't muck around. And if you're going to be too emotional, I'm going to bring you into line because it's the authority within. Mm. So does that answer your question? It does. I love what you had mentioned about the authority within because that's, okay, so that's what I've been sort of working with in January so far for me personally because there's some decisions I've had to make with family and some of my business decisions as well as moving forward, what that looks like. A lot of stuff has come up for me emotionally and although it's important to feel that, I wanted to have a little bit of structure around it as well. So I decided that the authority, so I have this authority about me. I can be quite strict and disciplined to my detriment. Mm. I am quite fierce when it comes to 
managing myself because I'm in business. I've been in business for 25 years. I've had to learn how to structure my entire life to not get a paycheck every week. So it's really important for me to have that discipline. So I decided I want to use that discipline for my other emotional issues in my life. So instead of being carried away with it, I go, okay, I'm feeling something here. I'm triggered. So so I'm feeling it really deeply and and I want to cry or I want to rage. They're the two feelings. And so, so therefore I stop and then I just discipline myself to meditate and and feel where it might be coming from. So is it? I ask these questions. I have a certain, I have a list of questions I ask myself. This is the structure mm-hmm. of Capricorn <laughs> okay. that I ask myself when I'm in an emotional state and I don't know what I'm doing. Saying, where have where in the past have you felt this before? Is this feeling warranted given the situation? So you know what, Jay might have Jay's my husband, so he might have done something foolish and made a joke. And yet I became outraged because of it. Now he's a funny guy, you know, but I was really outraged by it. So then I asked the question, well, did he really trigger it or was this a, is this something from the past that he's just touched and it's inflamed? And while I'm doing that, that has helped me to understand my emotions better and therefore my behaviour is better. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, behaviour? Yes. So therefore I can um, then go away have a little bit of a moment, do all these exercises. Then when I come back, say, for example, Jason, I go, you know what, I just want to let you know that, that joke didn't really go well with me. Something came up for me. And he would go, oh, so sorry. Okay, um, I didn't realise that that would have offended you. You know, like, you can have a more civil conversation. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you cohabitate together. It's better to choose a civil uh, conversation than both go your separate ways and you, yeah. you know, yeah. explode like a volcano and he has no idea what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, just in what you've said, if I can say, now, you're, you're a, you have a, for those people who don't know, Sue has a Scorpio stellium in her birth chart. So you have a lot of fixed energy. So as you're explaining and using the words, I get triggered, I explode, I and the pressure builds up and if you what we were just discussing before we started the podcast. If you think that the uh, Scorpio, Pisces and Cancer, they're water signs. And in astrology, water signifies our emotions. So you have a container, which is your body or which is our bodies for our emotions. When pressure builds up like it does, of course it's going to explode. It's That pressure is going to build up and it is going to come bursting out mm. of there mm. with Scorpio it we suppress our emotions with Scorpio mm. cancer is an initiating sign and what cancer does is it initiates from an emotional response and then you've got Pisces which is just chilling you know whatever you know you're going to get upset all right knock yourself out sort of thing the water if you think of emotions and water always moving Mm. always ebbing and flowing and Mm. yes but it's interesting what does trigger us emotionally Mm. and i'm so glad you're going there yeah because um we can expand on that yeah no it's really good so again i my second question for you is um over the years, I've learned so much from you. 
Seriously. Oh, me so too. Much. I've I think that, from you too. I think I can become an astrologer now, really, from the information <laughs> that I have gleaned from you. Well, that's wonderful because you're becoming more aware of yourself. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yes. So I know that in general terms, Capricorn is about, is well, amongst other things, it's about structures, and Cancer, amongst other things, is about emotions. Hmm. So what are some practical real-life examples of structures, like I just mentioned, I gave you one of my real life examples. Mm-hmm. What are some of your real life examples of structures we can use to navigate the emotion that will most likely be churned up during this full moon in Cancer? With our emotions, we can act or re- react automatically, and we don't really know why. And this is something that Cancer full moon does we react emotionally. In answer to your question, the only example I can think of was with my father. In me, dealing with my emotions to him, not listening to me. Mm. So if I can share that. Yes. And just tell you a little little story there. So using the structure that I believe to be the best one is the process of Byron Katie. And mm. we oh, often mention Katie. Katie. Our Don't we love beautiful Byron? Katie. We do. And the structure that she has is addressing, and I put this to stressful thoughts because that's what I thought you may have been talking about. That's fine. Mm. Uh, because the happy thoughts and happy emotions, you don't really worry too much about them. I mean, God, if something's making you really happy where you, you want to cartwheel down the street, I mean, good for you. I mean, mm. you're going to have all those uh, hormones, uh, what, oxytocin and mm. uh, dopamines, mm. endorphins and all those things just uh, flooding your body. Mm. And that's good for your health and your well-being. So, so I went... On down the track of the stressful emotion because the thing with the stressful emotions and associating what's behind it, it most importantly is finding the truth mm. to end your suffering mm. around that. So emotions of guilt, shame, anger, and my personal favourite, unworthiness. Tell you what, as you get older... I think I think from now on that word unworthiness is it's for you and me. We're doing a lot of of our internal work. It's falling away. It is falling you know? away. Yes. Yeah. And if I can just say with that too, Sue, we are the Pluto Virgo generation. So mm, nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> which is which is one of the things. But as uh, another somebody else that I mention is Dr. Joe Dispenza, yes. and he mm. says. These emotions that I just mentioned are the emotions of survival. Mm. And these are dense emotions that put us in a state called incoherence. Mm. And this affects our hearts. It affects our autonomic systems. And they're systems that just work automatically, such as breathing, digestion, and it also weakens our immune system. So as I understand, the structure requires looking at What's behind that stressful emotion? And one of the things Katie says, and just if you remember this and only this throughout this entire podcast, it's going to be worth listening to, that any stressful thought is a lie. So that already puts you on the front foot. So it's priceless. So the good thing about this is we become more conscious 
and more aware and we could do something about it. So when you were talking about what you do, that's the process you're mm. taking is you're becoming more consciously aware mm. of yourself. And we are 95% unconscious, 95%. Mm. We react without thinking. We've been taught and told by our environmental conditioning and society that it's never us. Oh, no, it's them, it's her, it's him, it's your parents, it's your boss, it's your co-worker, mm. it's your neighbour, it's the government. You can't do anything about that. But we've never been told nor taught to look at ourselves or how to look at ourselves. We engage the elevated emotions of gratitude, appreciation and joy. And they're good for us. And this maintains homeostasis in our bodies and this strengthens our immune system. Katie's process is free to everyone. She doesn't even ask you for an email address, but you can go out to her website and get all kinds of things. But it is, she calls it a meditation, and this is so important um, because what meditation does, as you know, it takes us out of this world and we go within. Mm. Um, and we have to feel that emotional shift and that stressful emotion when, will leave your body. You feel it in your body. Uh, uh, when that stressful emotion goes. So it, it must be through the emotional body because we evolve, we mature um, through our emotional body. Dr. Joe Dispenza, what he does is he looks at the medical science of meditation and entering the unified field. And we were talking about this the last podcast we did. Or touching that loving intelligence that takes care of these autonomic systems so we can just live our lives i mean i don't mm. breathe i'm being breathed i don't take care of my heartbeat that something else takes care of that um you know he he says that uh, and this is what i really love about this is this loving intelligence loves life so much and it loves me so much that it does this for me so I can live my life. So when we are out of balance, meaning we are in these dense emotions of survival, such as, you know, guilt and shame and fear and anger and my personal favourite, unworthiness, mm. <laughs> over a period of time our health suffers. Mm. And right now, as we live in these times, there is a predator around every corner. Mm. You know, it's your neighbour that knocks at the front door. It's the person you're working Social with. media. Social media, exactly. The news. The, the mainstream media, yes. And if it's not COVID, it's your job, it's your money. Uh, and the, it elevates these stressful emotions, therefore releasing the hormones of stress. Mm. Increases, uh, you know, sending our energy where we're ready to fight, mm. flee it, or And hide. it affects every single cell of the body. Yes, it yeah. does. Mm. Yes, it does. Um, and this cannot be sustained. Mm. It just cannot. And the full moon in Cancer may shed emotional light on this and bringing things to the surface for mm. many more than others, but that should, that's your opportunity to go. Go and look at the work of Byron Katie. I'll give Sue links and Dr. Joe Dispenza and, and investigate your emotions. Mm. So I hope that... It's wonderful. So you and I, we are postmenopausal women. We love it. <laughs> Do you recall when you got your periods anywhere near the full moon? I don't know. I was not. Well, that was a quick question. It was. 
I could I was not aware of the full moon linking to my menstrual cycle like you were. Right. Okay. I had no idea about it. Ah. Even though I looked at the moon and I loved the moon and I didn't I mean Back then, I was wouldn't have anything to do with astrology if you paid me. Wow! I didn't okay. understand what it was. Yeah, yep. I remember the first time I heard about the moon affecting me emotionally, because like you, I had no drugs, just raw, yeah. just you know, yeah. suck it up and go and do whatever you had to. Yeah. Uh, but I was in a bookshop and I was looking for an astrology book because I reading about ancient Egypt and they kept mentioning it. And I'm thinking, oh, God, why do I got to go and study astrology now, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought I'll give it a month, maybe two, okay. and just get the, a handle on it. And this woman, I told her about an experience I had where I was down in Sydney and I was down there for a, a weekend and it was a business uh, training and there was a group of us that decided to go to a restaurant and I was at Brighton La Sands. We went to the restaurant, we come out, and I swear to you, the moon looked like it was sitting in Botany Bay. Mm. It was just nestled. And I saying to people, my God, look at the moon. And I can't remember if I was menstruating at that time. <laughs> but I remember the next day and uh, I went to the hotel. Uh, so I checked out. Sorry, I was at the hotel. I checked out of the hotel and... St- <laughs> started to cry and I cried for nearly 200 kilometres. I cried from Brighton La Sands to, yeah, definitely. to to Newcastle definitely, and just sobbing and heaving and mm. I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw this lady with the dog on the footpath and I just was overwhelmed with emotion and that was probably do you have your period the next day i don't know i can't remember remember. i was i was just exhausted i remember that Mm, it does sound like for for me when the full moon was up that would be my 28th day on the day 28 Mm. the full moon would be there and i the next day i'd get a period i could have done i but i just don't i had all that my my emotions with the full moon was just amazing I want to talk about week one. I'm just going to talk about the stomach. Now, Excellent. I, yes. So I have been having horrendous digestive issues. And listen, the reason why I'm talking about the stomach is because the sign of cancer rules, medically rules the stomach. Correct. <clears throat> and the womb and the ovaries. There you go. Well. <laughs> right. And yeah, so I've been having some really dreadful problems. And when you're perimenopausal or menopausal, some women do have some major issues with your digestion because we can no longer eat the foods that we used to eat. But I've come up with a remedy. Now you oh. may, I think I cannot remember ever sharing with you or with the listener um, this remedy, but it's the bicarb soda remedy for digestion. No. And I want to take it a little bit step further as well. So if you've got inflammation, so even if you've got um, severe cramping with your periods in the first week of your cycle, especially if it's in the full moon, then try having like a half a teaspoon of bicarb soda in say a full glass of water and then you swirl it around and then drink it. It doesn't taste particularly Good, but it doesn't taste bad either. It's quite neutral. Uh, when so when you have bicarb soda, after about five minutes, it completely stops. Completely now bicarb soda settles your tummy yep. and 
And um, it's like my I, mother used to say that, and she'd say, "I'd say no, no, I don't want, no, don't give me any bicarb soda." And she'd and I'd say, "Do I have to have it?" She said, "Well, it'll either settle your tummy or it'll make you vomit." Exactly, That's what she used to say. That's it. And yeah, you just had it. Yeah, and I so just good. pray I wouldn't vomit because I'm not a good vomit. Oh, neither am I. <laughs> But every time I've taken it, but not, but but the interesting thing is, is that it's helped with my arthritis because, oh. yes, bicarb soda helps with inflammation. Hmm. So it's not just interesting. Yeah, it's not just my stomach, but it's my inflammation of my arthritis. Um, if you have any pain, or if you have like um, inflammation in the shoulder when hmm. you've been walking, or legs. Anyway, interesting. But I just thought week one, it's all about the stomach, so why not, you know, try try another remedy, which mm-hmm. is the bicarb soda. Um, and, of course, your diet in general. I mean, if you are hitting 40, you're moving into the perimenopausal stage, and some of the things that you used to eat and drink nice. are, going to, are going to start playing havoc with you because you're, well, for me, <clears throat> the lining of my stomach isn't as thick mm. and as my dietitian would say. You know, people become intolerant of certain foods like wheat and bread. Yes. Can I just add to that too, mm. Sue? With uh, stress, stress, and God, I mean, we have all kinds of reasons to be stressed at the moment. Mm. The, the stomach is the seat of the, our emotions. Mm. So, mm. and it, it links to the heart too. We know that week two is going to be wonderful because we're full of estrogen. I would love you to lean into the full moon energy of cancer this week because if any time you want to address any emotional or stressful emotions, it'll be this week because you have oestrogen. So this is like you, you don't have your period in week two. You're full of oestrogen. You're full of life and you're full of goodness and, and you've got your endorphins and ah, it's wonderful. So if you need to dive into any serious questions, this is the week. Mm. Because the, f- the full moon will give the opportunity for emotions to be expressed, but you'll have your estrogen to, to be a container. That's right. And remember, cancer is the, it's, it's the most motherly of the zodiac. Mm. So mm. take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, if you have children, take care of them like you would your, your own child, mm. your inner child, mm. because that gets neglected a lot. And mm. as adults, we're not supposed to, God forbid, you actually talk about your inner child. You don't have to talk about it to anybody. Mm. You can just mm. keep it to yourself can and you just think, no, I'm not going no, to do that this time. Yeah, because I, I, don't, I don't know how women are coping with having, you know, a couple of kids at home <sighs> for the last couple of years, self-schooling them and then, having to work as well or even having their own business to run and I am not going to pretend that I know the stresses of that situation but I do know that you can change your mind in an instant change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change yes exactly it's just on that children thing so if you do have children and it's causing you stress personally you just need to change the way you look at it Mm. so you know, if you're a tidy freak, just let it go. Don't worry about the house for a while. <laughs> you know, you can do it in another couple of weeks. Just let it go and then until you find the energy, until this moon passes. Well, that's the full moon you know, letting. Just sometimes just you just got to release it. Go. Let it go. Yeah. And if you don't have any children like me and you just have a husband to look after and a house, then what's our excuse? Just just be. Yeah. As my husband would say, Susie, just let it be. But this is a great time. We, I loved week two. It was wonderful. Um, so week three is about 
the beginning of it is ovulation, as you know. We talk about that. For five years we've been talking about ovulation at the beginning of week three. Mm. And the big dip, we have that beautiful dip of um, where estrogen leaves us at day 15 and 16. And in that moment, we may find ourselves a bit lost. If you're thinking to yourself, um, if you're in week three of your cycle and you're feeling a bit lost in this full moon, that's okay. Because your progesterone will, will rise day 17, 18, 19, 20, right up until the time that you get your period, progesterone will rise. But if you're in that lull straight after you ovulate, this is a really beautiful time as well because self-care, you can deep dive into your emotions, um, you've got some excuses, have a day off work if you want. You can say, mate, I've just ovulated. I okay. can't I can't do anything. I love that. If you're aware of when you've ovulated, you know you're going to have a couple of days of deep reflection because you don't have really any hormones. Estrogen has dropped and progesterone is rising, but it hasn't risen fully to day 21. Mm. So you have seven days of wilderness, like a mini period, mm. like a mini PMS. So just watch that. Just watch that. And, of course, week four. So we're talking about stress. Over the last – in 2021, Kerry, we talked about um, week four as being unnecessary. But we have always introduced it as being a separate week because most women have a week of PMS – I know I did. No, oh, I certainly no, did. You did. And yeah. if we had known that we could eliminate this week, would we have taken our own advice? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you well, know. Look, maybe not because are you? Because I'm lazy. Well, can I just add to that? Yeah. That there could have been, thinking back all that way back then, there was other pressures. Mm. There was job pressures, work pressures, business mm. pressures, mm. Uh, pressures with yeah. We didn't have social media, romance. Yeah, yeah, but, all that, all yeah. those things. The even as I think about it now, the way I looked, and I told us I might have been the last podcast where in when we were um, when we were growing up, when and we were in our twenties and things. They had the supermodels, you know, Elle McPherson, mm. yeah. and of course they'd. Well, she was a model for Sports Illustrated, you mm. know, and she, <laughs> I don't know, oh, thank God I've got a good imagination because that was pretty much the only place anything ever happened. But she would be filmed coming out of the surf yes. and she would, you know, like just swish her hair and her beautiful long hair and she's got this incredible body. Me, when I come out of the surf, <laughs> I look like my hair would be thrown to one side, I'd get dumped by a whale and my swimmers would fill us, fill with sand. I mean, I had, you know, they'd be pretty much dragging on the ground as I was walking up the beach. We had all those pressures yeah. as well, different pressures to... Yeah. to but that's such a comparison, isn't it? How, like, so we had limited comparative information, listeners. So in the 70s and the 80s, we had magazines and we had movie models and we had, you know, TV, but TV wasn't as, it's not live stream. You'd have to go to the movies or, you know, watch a rerun of something. So we didn't have the constant social media um, hammering, hammering us with the imagery of what you need to look like. Now, yes. when I look at some images now of women in, you know, in their 20s, how, I don't know how I could have coped because because when you are constantly looking at these images of, of women who are almost perfect in the eyes of what women should beauty. look like, and this is what beauty is, this is a, 
and where that came from, I don't know. But yes. this is the, the staple of beauty. And if you look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh, I don't have that. I have relatively thin hair. Um, I wear glasses. I, I have um, my teeth aren't perfectly white. Um, I have one breast bigger than the other. I'm only five foot two. <laughs> I, I don't have fingernails that are really, um, you know, worthy of any sort of mention. Um, so, so I can actually say, say all these things because I, I believe these are true of myself. But I also don't hate myself because of it. That's what I've got. That's what I love. And for me, who are you doing this for? And if you're doing it for yourself, fabulous, fabulous. And you only know that if you go within. And when you look at within yourself and you go, yeah. Because I love spending money on my hair. You know I love mm. my hair. Oh, you so I spend a lot of money on my hair. Mm. So that's okay. When I look within, I go, yeah. I love the idea. It makes me feel feminine. Mm. Makes me feel wonderful, and that's good on me. But the question, the thing is, and I don't know why we're on this topic because it was about week four. But anyway, <laughs> while we're here, I think you need to look at is is what I'm doing for me inwardly, or is it for the so that I can fit in with the world, or I could I can. Um, Fit in with the mob, go with the herd, go, go with the or herd. be yourself. I'll be, I'll just be myself and be happy with that. Mm. So, um, and then, and also too, when you look at costumes, because I want to bring money into this as mm-hmm. well, um, as as we're moving towards the end of the podcast. But I want to talk about how with saving money as well. You look at the things that you do to yourself, and you go, "Do I really want this amount of money on my hair?" And I go, "Yes." Well, it gives so, you joy. It gives me joy. Makes you feel good. So look upon that. Whenever you do something for yourself, I just had my legs waxed because I don't like hairy legs. <laughs> so I say do it. You know, I spend a bit of money on that as well. But if I do it because somebody else tells me to do it or because uh, it's expected of me and I don't really want to do it, mm-hmm. then you need to sort of reconsider. But back to week four briefly. <laughs> <clears throat> There are some things about stress and we will be continuing this conversation into 2022 about eliminating stress in your life because stress hormones and sex hormones do not merge together. And what I mean by that is if you want to have PMS free for all of your week four leading up to your period, then you have to eliminate stress in your life that, doesn't, that is not warranted. For example, if you're stressed about, stressed about work and a, a project that's coming up and you, that project lasts for three months and you're stressed for three months, mm. that is unwarranted. Your body cannot sustain that. No, they, no. So you have to learn to get rid of it. And if you had that and you're having severe PMS, it's because the east, your stress hormones, which is uh, like adrenaline and cortisol, are interfering and, and overriding your sex hormones of progesterone and estrogen because sex hormones will always bow down to stress because when you're stressed, the body is saying, we aren't going to have a baby this month because we're too stressed. We've got to run. Mm, There's a predator. So it will cut your hormones down because it doesn't want you to get pregnant. Mm. And that's what it does. It interferes. So here's my tip. To alleviate stress, meditate or Understand breathing techniques. Food, go for a plant-based option, go for bicarb soda in water and go for water as your options. Hydration is the key. Exercise and stretching for at least 30 minutes a day. And the thoughts that you have 
counteract them. We've just spoken about that, what you can do. You can go into Byron Katie and you can talk about all of her wonderful work that she uses. Uh, But you need to get rid of the negative thoughts. And one of the things that I love also about Byron Katie, she always says, when you're addressing your thoughts, you can always say, it may not be true. It could be lying to you. Oh, Kerry, it's been it's been <laughs> wonderful. Um, I will see you on the next full moon. And listen, I thank you so much also for being with us. Thank you, Sue. Thank you to our daughters and sons if they're out there listening as well. So thank you for listening as well. Mm. Enjoy okay. the full moon. Enjoy the full moon. Bye for now. Bye-bye.